0: Good morning, Thrive Church. My name is Christy. For those of you who aren't sure of who I am, I am one of the church council members and I'm a leader at at Thrive Church. This morning I have the privilege and the honor of bringing God's word to you. And as we begin, I just want you to know that I love stories. Stories teach us so much. So this morning I wanted to bring a story to you from my backyard. Um, It's a story of a woman whose life was changed by Jesus comes out of the book of John chapter 4 verses 4 through all the way through the end of the chapter I'm gonna be just telling you this story and as we follow along I just want you to know how much God loves you so the story opens up Jesus and his friends were coming up through the land of Judea where Jerusalem was and they were traveling all the way up into Galilee and these are regions of land so it was a long long walk and they were coming in through this other region called Samaria And in Samaria was a small town called Sychar and there was a well there and Jesus and his followers stopped there and they took a break. His disciples went into the town to go get food and Jesus sat down by the well. He was tired from walking. Well, all of a sudden this woman comes to the well. It's noon. It's a hot time of the day and nobody's there but her and Jesus and she comes and she sets her jar down and she begins to throw the pail down into the water and to begin to to bring out the water by hauling it up and jesus turns her and he says will you give me a drink and she looks at him and she says well you're a jew and i'm a samaritan woman why are you even asking me for a drink well let me give you a little backstory. The Jews and the Samaritans had a long-standing disdain for each other. See, it came from a time way back in history, before Jesus had ever come to earth, where Israel was a kingdom, and there was David as, his, as their king, and then Solomon, he was the king of Israel, and then under his son named Rehoboam, the kingdom of Israel was divided. Rehoboam did not follow God, he led them into idolatry, and as a, as a byproduct of that, the, the kingdom of Israel became split and the Assyrian army came in and took over northern Israel and the southern part of Israel was still um, was was inhabited by the Judeans or the Jude, the people of Judah, the tribe of Ju- Judah and the top people, the northern kingdoms were all the other tribe and they went off and they were resettled in the land with foreigners. So that means that these Jews that were living in the Northern Kingdom began to have this interaction with false gods. They were intermarrying with other people groups and they were accepting their ways into their cultures. Well, these were Jews. So these Samaritans are a byproduct of this group of people. Well, the people that were Jews at the bottom were known for their purity as far as being pure Jews. And they had this long standing thing of uh, of the Jews looked down on the Samaritans and would have nothing to do with them. They would do business with them, but they would not eat or drink with them because these people were like Gentiles. They were unclean people. So here Jesus is, the purest of all Jews, speaking to a Samaritan who was a woman. On top of being a Samaritan, women were never spoken to in the marketplace. The Jewish men did not address women in the marketplace. So for Jesus to address a woman, that was also a big no-no. Well, she says to me, why are you asking me? And he says, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who I am that speaks to you and asks for a drink, you would ask me and I would give you living water. (laughs) What? Living water, she says. Look, you don't even have a rope. You don't have a bucket. How are you going to get this water that you talk about? And would you say that your water is greater than the water from this well, which my ancestors Jacob gave to us? I don't know. And he says, he says, anyone who comes to this water and drinks will become thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give to them, will never thirst again. And even so it will become like a bubbling brook inside of them. It will spring up to eternal life. Well, the woman says, I want this water. Give me this water. Yeah. And he says, go get your husband. Wait a minute. I don't have a husband. Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband you've had five and the one that you're living with now you're not married to you're right that's true the woman was truthful and she says well sir you must be a prophet you're not just some regular guy you must be a prophet the lights go on like and she says tell me tell me so is it okay is it why is it that you jews think it's so right to worship in jerusalem but it's okay but my ancestors say it's my ancestors say that it's good to worship here on mount gerizim See, Mount Gerizim was known as the Mount of Blessing way back when God gave the laws to Moses and he gave them to the people. He gave them, there was a Mount of Blessing and a Mount of Curses. So the Samaritans still worshipped at Mount Gerizim as they figured that was the right place to worship. While the Jews followed the Davidic line and they worshipped in Jerusalem where David had built a temple for the Lord. So there was this division in every area that you could think of between these people groups. And she says, set it straight where am I why is it right and why is why is it that we're wrong well Jesus says to her believe me dear woman the time is coming that it will no longer matter where you worship for you you can it won't matter if you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem see you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews But the time is coming and is here now where those who worship the Father will worship in spirit and in truth. And the Father is looking for those kinds of worshipers who will worship him that way. For God is spirit and he must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Well, the woman looks at him and says, well, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he's going to set it straight. Jesus turns. he looks at her and he says, I am the Messiah. Now here is a, right? So she's astonished and her mind is running and racing at the same time that Jesus does this mic drop, the disciples come back and they're seeing Jesus speak with a Samaritan woman and their minds are like, what is he doing? This is so not okay. Why is he talking to her? But they don't say anything. They're thinking these thoughts. Well, at the same time, the woman leaves her jar at the well. She doesn't even finish. She runs back to her village and she says, listen, listen, there's a man out there who just told me all about myself. He knows everything I ever did. And do you think this, this might be the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for? And the town comes running out to meet Jesus and it says that the town began to talk to him and they said, Hey, we, we want you to stay with us. And so Jesus stayed there in that town for two more days. And it says that in this time that many people came to belief in him and they said, we now know, not because you told us woman, but because we have heard him ourselves and we know that now he is the savior of the world. What? What a cool story! This story is so amazing. Here's some points that I love. Jesus was tired and he waited at the well at noon. That's what we see. But the truth is that with Jesus, nothing is an accident. It's all intentional and God does things great. He is there at noon when he knew this one woman would be there he knew that he would show himself to her he would say i am the messiah to her and she would be faithful to run back and share the news and this whole town would come to know jesus based on this one woman what i love about this story is that jesus who was the purest of all jews came at just the right time and met the lowest of the jews a woman who had been in multiple relationships with men like they were her husband and yet he never condemned her. He reached out and showed himself to her. Isn't that beautiful? That's an amazing thing that God reaches out to sinners. He reaches out to us. The other thing is that Jesus, he, he never condemned her. He never condemned her. He called out her sin. He didn't pass by it, but he never condemned her. He said, he said, dear woman, when he addresses her again. And he says the father's looking for true worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth, spirit. We are spirit. When we worship God, he's looking for us to worship with our hearts and with our minds and with our words, not rote words or traditional acts. No, he's looking for worshipers who will be themselves with him, will be truthful and honest. See, this woman, she didn't hide her sin. She didn't try and say, no, 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 that's not me. She said, yeah, you must be a prophet. And he never condemned her. And Jesus came so that we could be free from these things. And he invites her. He says, he invites her to know who he is by revealing himself to her. See, maybe you identify with the Samaritan woman. Maybe you're tired. She was tired of coming to that well. She came at noon for a reason. It wasn't, I don't think, because she didn't plan well. Noon was the hottest part of the day. And most of the women would come to the well in the early morning or in the evening when it was cooler because it was hard work drawing water. And so, She came in the middle of the day when no one would be there. That sounds like intentionality to me. And Jesus met her there. She was tired. She was tired of being broken, holding it all together. Maybe you're tired of being broken and holding it all together. She was tired of being stuck where life had her. Jesus sees you. And if that's you today, this is what God's Word says to you. This is what He says to you. Matthew 11:20 through 29 Come to me all of you who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and I you will find rest for your souls See here Jesus wants to take away our heaviness He is not appalled at it He says come Come, I'm going to take it away, and I'm going to teach you my ways. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will have rest for your soul. See, rest has to do with stopping and ceasing. When we're burdened, we're caring, we're heavy. And Jesus wants to release us from that. But something about turning from our own strength and our own way, and our own work, and trusting Him, our lives become empowered by His life. By stopping, by saying, I'm coming to you. I'm acknowledging my inability. By letting Him take my burdens, I'm acknowledging my inability to carry them anymore. And this makes room for His ability to take over in my life. In Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 30, it says, Have you not heard? Have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He understands. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow weak and tired, and young men will stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength." I encourage you friend address the sin in your life with Jesus don't try and hide it see we all have it and there's different ways that we deal with it we either shrug it off like not a big deal I think it's okay or we hide it with shame if they just don't know I'm okay or we face it and we say I don't want this anymore God and you know what Jesus is so good he forgives us. See, he knows that sin steals our peace and our joy, and it steals from our relationships, especially our relationship with him. And he knows it keeps us from being who he made us to be. The woman at the well at noon, she was there because she did not want to be with others. You know what? She had, she had this sin in her life, and people knew about it. And it was holding her back from being all she could be. But at that moment, Jesus met her. And what did she become? She became a woman who was empowered and went back and turned her whole community to the truth of who Jesus was. See, friend, Jesus doesn't look at our sin as who we are. He doesn't hold that against us. In fact, he came to pay for it to set us free with his very life. See, She had been in many relationships and she had suffered rejection and probably from rejection in her community. She had suffered rejection with husbands and men in her life, but she had also suffered at the mouths of her community. You know what? He wanted to quench that thirst. And so he does with us and with you, friend. Jesus knew this and he offered his life-giving water to her to quench her thirst. And so he does to you today. See? Jesus came he lived a sinless life and when he came he did it so that he could die for your sin he became sin- he was sinless so that he could become our payment for our sin for my sin for your sin Jesus died and he rose from the dead so that he could give you the opportunity to live a new life he knew you need a new life And so he paid for it and he provided for it so that you can be free and you can know the truth of his ways. He promises to teach you them. See, he wanted to show you that if death can't hold him down, neither can your sin. Your sin can't hold you down. For those who receive Jesus, we are made free from our sin. We're made new like him. God doesn't look at our sin. God looks at us and He sees perfection and beauty and who He made us to be. He sees strength and He sees power and He sees goodness. He doesn't see any of the stuff we've done. He doesn't hold it against us. He throws it away from us. As far as the east is from the west, it is gone. It is separated. Separated. So your hope is this, that one day He is coming back for you. And he is going to take you to heaven to be with him. That is the truth, but here's a deal. He's done all this for us, but we have to accept it. We have to true to to choose to believe it and live by it and say, "I'm yours again, God. Here's my sin. Here's my life. I don't know how to live I don't know how to live your ways." teach me your ways and you see through that ongoing prayer and that ongoing just struggling in a sense before him with our sin he never looks at us with condemnation he looks at us with peace and joy and 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 confidence that you belong to me and you are made for greater things in this so today i would invite you accept him in like the woman accept I am the Messiah. I am the coming one. And today, listen, whenever you hear the message that Jesus came and died for your sin and rose so that you could have a new life, you need to know that God himself is reaching out to you and he wants you to be his. So today, if you would like to receive Jesus, this is what you do. You pray. You say, Jesus, forgive my sin. I need your forgiveness. I believe you died for me so that I can be forgiven. And Jesus, I want your new life that you rose from the dead so that I could have. I need you. Teach me your ways. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what you do. You pray. You give him your sin and you receive what he's done. And you know what the Bible says? If you pray this, that you no longer are of this world. You belong to To God. You are his son. You are his daughter. And nothing will ever separate you from him. He promises to be with you for the rest of your life and to walk with you and to speak in your ear and say, This is the way, walk in it. He will give you his wisdom and he will give you his power to live a new life. That is his promise for you and for those who choose to believe in him. I want to give you this too. This is what the word says, Psalm 25, 14. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his way known to them. He makes his covenant. His covenant is a promise known to them. So he will make his promises known to you as you follow him. My encouragement for you, friend, is that if you have prayed this prayer today, connect with us in, in the chat section. Let us know, I received Jesus today. I asked for forgiveness for something today. And you know what? We will be praying for you. We will connect with you. And you know what? Pick up a Bible and start to read it. Find out who God is and find out what his promises are for you. That's the truth. That is the truth of who you are and who he is and who he is for you. That's the truth. So this morning, if you pray this prayer, know you are forgiven. You are received. You are now his child. Read the Bible. Learn about Him. Connect with us. And tell someone else, say, I gave my life to Jesus today. Until next time, I I pray blessing over you, church. I miss you. I pray that you are well. The Lord bless you and keep you. And make His face shine upon you. And be gracious to you, the Lord keep you. God bless you.